So what happened to COVID? And what happened to those radical Muslims that were blowing everything up? What happened to what? Where'd they go? What's going on here? Is there some manipulation taking place we're not aware? I'm going to dig into a little bit of that here this morning, folks. Remember this. Here's the theme for today. God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. We're going to dive into that a little bit here. Uh, before we do, I thank Bob and Tammy. They came down yesterday. I can't, you know, I. Uh, every time I'm around Bob Evans in particular, I'm, I'm amazed at uh, – a guy who has so many different mechanical gifts and doesn't flaunt it. It's, I mean, it's just who he is, right? He can, I mean, he made a railing for sky high for the steps coming down. He repaired my tractor yesterday. He, he uh, put brake lines on the truck. He, I, I'm just telling and I sit back in amazement and think, where did you learn how to do that? How do you learn how to do that? And I'm more convinced than ever, ever, that the problem that we have in, in America, especially with Christian men, is they don't know how to flourish in their gift. They don't even know what it is, and they don't know where to plug it in. Men in particular, women, I don't know, so women seem to just somehow tend to float a little bit more towards their gift. But men, what, what's happened to men, guys? What's happened to men? And, uh, uh, you know, we don't even know. I, people get up in the morning. You know, like I said, I'm gonna, I'll be 70 in November. They get up in the morning. People, men don't really have much of a focus to their life other than going out and making more money. And man, oh man, you 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 wake up and you're 50 years old and you look back. So, God, most of my most of my productive years are over. And what really what I had to show for it? And I stored up all these things. As Solomon said, I had horses. I had I own, I have men servants, and I have maid servants, and I, I was great, Solomon said. And boom, it's gone. You know, the economy crumbles, it's gone. Everything you went out and worked your whole life to get's gone. And the only thing that I remember, see, we don't, how rich was George Washington? Does anybody know? Thomas Jefferson, were they really, really rich? Anybody, anybody know how rich? Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, those guys really wealthy? What do, at the end of things, what does that what does that even matter? What does that even matter? And we remember George Washington and Teddy Roosevelt and Abraham Lincoln and the heroes of our country for what they did, for what they left behind, not for what they accumulated. And I want to talk today a little bit about uh, uh, self-sacrifice, fear, laying down your life. And why we're so, uh, we'll get into it here. Myra, go ahead, pray us in here real quick, Myra. Get us heading here in the right direction. Yes, Coach, I will be delighted to do so. It is written, Hebrews 12, 1 through 14. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with a so great a crowd of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. I got to stop you right there. I got to stop you right there, right in the middle of your prayer. Right there, folks, could be the nugget of the day. The nugget of the day. Read that again, Myra. I'll be delighted. In a a prayerful manner, read that again. 
Okay. Where is that? Is that Hebrews 11? Hebrews 12, 1 through 14. Okay, hang, on, hang, on, hang on. We don't need to go 1 through 14. Let's go to Hebrews 12. Can everybody, can you throw that up there for me? I'm turning to it in my Bible right now. Can you throw it up there for me on the screen? Hebrews 12. Because this just piggybacks into what we're getting ready to talk about here. Can't believe I can't find Hebrews. It's clear back here, isn't it? Clear them back. Throw it up there. Go ahead. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, coach, I'll be delighted. Um, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a crowd of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us. Okay, so folks, there's there's the key to it. There's there's the key right there. Well, because this is really kind of where I'm focusing on today, anyway. Uh, let us lay aside every weight. What is that? It's like uh, I'm still in an attitude of prayer, Myra. Stay with me here. It's like running a race, carrying somebody. We should do that in football. In football practice, I'd have the fo- part of our conditioning is I'd have one guy jump on the back of another guy. You guys know what it looks like, right? He puts his legs around his arms around your neck, and he would run. And he'd run 50 yards as fast as he could carrying his buddy. And then he would get down to the other end, and they would switch. We'd have races. We'd, we'd line up 10 of them across, 20 of them, two pair, 10 pair. And they would run down, and then one guy would jump off, and he'd jump on the other guy. And then he would run back. And it began to understand the 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 uh, what's the word i'm looking for now understand the hindrance of carrying excess weight excess you cannot run a marathon carrying somebody on your shoulders you can't do it and the hebrew writer tells us lay aside Every weight. What is weighing you down today? What is it in your life, in my life, that is keeping me from freely running that race the way that the Lord wanted me to run it? What is that weight? That's What is that sin which doth so easily beset us that's keeping us from running this race that is set before us? Go ahead, Myra. I'll be delighted. Looking unto Jesus, the outer and finisher of our faith. He finishes the race. Of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endureth the cross, despising the shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He didn't despise the shame. That's not not a correct uh, interpretation. He ignored the, pain, the, the shame. He ignored it. Of course he despised it, but he ignored it. Can you imagine that you're the king of kings and they're spitting at you and throwing stuff at you, and you know that you have the power to smite him? That he said, the, he said the, to the Sanhedrin or Pilate, who, Caiaphas, whoever it was, said, don't you, I can call down 10,000 angels right now. I can do it right now. And he, he didn't overuse his power. He didn't take his, what was a personal affront to him and use it just to get even. That's a powerful thing, man. He, 
He despised the shame. He hated every minute of it, but he swallowed it. Keep going, Myra. For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, mm. lest he be weird and faint in your minds. Don't miss that. He said, look at what he went through. He endured such contradiction. He put up with those sinners smacking him, calling things. And he said, wow, right? And he says, don't you be wearied in your mind. Don't you be wearied. He wasn't wearied. Don't you be wearied. It's a mind game. Keep going, Myra. Ye have not yet resided unto blood, striving against sin. Scroll down, Spence. Scroll down, please. And ye have forgotten the exhortion which speaketh unto you as unto children, my son. Despise not thou the chastising of the Lord. Chastening, correction, discipline. Don't despise the discipline of the Lord. Have you forgotten the exhortation? Listen, sometimes the Lord's going to have to make you run wind sprints. Sometimes he's going to have to make you do push-ups. Sometimes he's going to have to make you run a mile. Don't despise it. Why? It's for your exhortation. It's for your building up for what you for what you uh, what, what's before you. What you need to do. Despise not the chasing of the Lord. Faint not when you are rebuked of Him. Don't get upset when the Lord gives you correction and direction. For whom the Lord loveth, He chasteneth and scourgeth every son whom He receives. Read Myra seven. Yes, if ye endureth chastening, God delivereth. With you as with sons, for what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? Wow. But if, if you don't have discipline, if you don't get chastised, whereof all are partakers, then you are bastards and you are not sons. Folks, listen. Some of the stuff that you're going through now is spiritual training. It's not punishment. It's not punishment. It feels like punishment. It's not punishment. It's correction. It's direction. It's preparation. Mm. Go ahead, Myra. Yes. Furthermore, we have had Father Flower Fresh, which corrected us, and we gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? I was in the airport a couple weeks ago, and who walks in but some guy number 76 who played football for me at London and our great teams, and I hadn't seen him in 20 years. And he sat down. We had a conversation, and he began to replay the difference that I made in his life. Furthermore, we have had fathers of our flesh who corrected us. We gave them reverence. Shall we not much rather be in subjection to the Father of Spirits and live? The chastening of the Lord, the sitting you down, the Lord sitting you down, trying to straighten you out when you won't listen. Going somewhere. Keep going, Mike. Yes. Now, now, chastising for the presence seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, after yeah. a guilt, peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. Peaceable fruit. Of righteousness. Righteousness brings fruit. The Lord wants us to have a peaceable fruit of righteousness. Don't forget this. The Lord's going to the cross. He's going to the cross. 
He isn't being delivered from what's in front of him. In fact, in the garden, you know what he prayed? If there's any other way, Dad, that you can do this thing, I ain't up for this. I ain't up for this. Nevertheless, thy will be done. I'm all in. Go ahead, Myra. Wherefore, lift up your, lift up the hands which hang down and the yes. feeble knees. Oh and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Amen. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. You're holiness. not going to see the Lord through peace with all men. It has to be holiness has to be in there, right? Christ makes you holy without which no man shall see the Lord. Go. Holy Trinity, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. So, before, oh, man, I'm ready to roll, but I got to get a couple things in here. Uh, Betty's this weekend. Betty's is this weekend. Any last-minute notes here, Betty, for anybody? Nope. Just come on and enjoy. I am ready. Uh, everybody needs to fast for about two days because she'll have all kinds of good food for you. And then and then the men's meeting on Sunday afternoon from 1 to 4 at Sky High. You know, I noticed when we sent out the email, I don't even know if we put the, I don't even know if we put the address where to come. So, hey, we'd love for you to come. Bring a man with you. Bring a young man with you. Bring a wounded man with you. Bring a strong man with you. Do whatever. We're trying to forsake not to assembling ourselves together even more as we see the day approaching. It's time for us to, to get, get prepared. Amen. 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 Uh, let's see here. Get over here. No, get here. Is that where I want to be? Here's where I want to be. Cool. Okay, so here's what I want to talk to you about today. Hmm, thank you, Lord. <clears throat> What's holding you back? And we've talked about this before, and I was, <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you guys, if it ever happens to you, uh, get awakened in the middle of the night and uh, I don't want to say panic, but all of a sudden just wide awake and you don't know why. And your bones are tingling and next thing you know, your mind's thinking about this, your mind's thinking about that. Fear, fear. And courage is not the absence of fear, but the conquering of fear. Having courage is not not being afraid. Having courage is being afraid and doing it anyway. They call that facing your fear. Face your fear. And what, uh, We look at what's going on around here in the world today, it's very obvious that the enemy's number one weapon is fear. Look at what's going on in the government. You don't think they came after Donald Trump to send this fear on everybody else? Look at what's been going on with COVID and the fear associated with, with, uh, uh, with, with COVID. Because at the very heart and root of every American, not even American, every worldwide person. At the very heart of it is self-preservation. 
That's what fear is. You see a dog growl, the hair stands up on the back of your neck because you're not interested in being chewed up by a dog. That's a healthy fear. That's a, that's a, that's a natural reaction that we're supposed to have. But there's such a thing as a spirit of fear. And the Bible says that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. So there must be a spirit of power and a spirit of love and the spirit of a sound mind. He hasn't given us a, he has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. And so the warring that's going on inside of each and every one of you, even right now, is faith over fear. That's 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 the battle. That's the battle. And at the heart of it is two things that are at the heart, in my not so humble opinion. Number one is complete, total dying to self. You cannot remain brave if you're worried about staying alive. Or if you're worried about you personally. That's what drives people to do things. That's why Jesus said, greater love is no man than this, and he would lay down his life for his friends. That's, there is, if, some, if I was out somewhere and I saw something dangerous happening to my wife or my children or my grandchildren, I would overcome that spirit of fear, and I would run into the burning building and drag them out. Why? Because perfect love casteth out fear. And if I perish, I perish. But I'm not going to stand here and watch a burning building destroy my wife and my grandkids I'm not going to do I'm not going to do it because self-preservation bows to love. Boom. Well, I've, you can write that one down. Self-preservation bows to love. Greater love has no man than this than he would lay down his life for his friends. So the only way that you can have the courage talking about courage this morning talking about fear this morning, the only way that you can have courage to overcome overwhelming odds is a greater love than you've ever had. And you have to figure out who is that greatest love directed at. Number one, that great love should be be directed towards the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And how many times do you find yourself in a position where you have an opportunity to stand up and do the right thing on his behalf and you don't do it because of a spirit of fear that crept in? And you're worried about what they're going to say about you, what they're going to think. You're going to lose your job. They're going to write things about you in the newspaper. You're going to lose friends. That is one of the greatest weapons that the evil one has is a spirit of fear. God hasn't given you that. That's an, that is a weapon of the enemy. And the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Hey, Spencer, what's a stronghold? Stronghold. Mr. Webster. Folks, this, I'm just working this out in my foul salvation with fear and trembling here this morning. Because, <clears throat> look, you're looking at me? Perilous times are coming. Perilous times are coming. Going to be good. Going to be good, but we got to fight our way through some weeds, right? What's a stronghold, Spencer? Doesn't show up. Not up there. Stronghold. A fastness, a fort, a fortified place, a place of security. 
casting down imaginations, spiritual strongholds, fortified places in your life. And most of you, as my dear friend Chad Estes has said numbers of times, your emotions will destroy, will betray you. And most of us react emotionally rather than logically thinking our way through the mess. Amen. When you're standing out and there's a car on fire and there's somebody in the car, you pull up on a wreck and there's a car, you have to do a very quick analysis. Number one, somebody's going to die. Number two, I might die. Number three, what am I going to do? They might die. And if I go help them, I might die. What am I going to do? At that point, you have to confront that spirit of fear and do what you know to be the right thing. Perfect love casteth out fear. Am I tracking with me here today? Because I'm telling you, what is coming is going to be great fear. The Bible tells us that men's hearts are going to fail them for fear for the things coming upon the earth. Now, what do we do about it? What do we do about it? How do you conquer fear? You face it. You stand up and you speak up. What was it Martin Luther said? Here I stand. I can do no more. And I think about some of you out there who are fighting wonderful fights. Wonderful fights. You're brave. You're standing up. You're pushing back. And I would say if if we brought uh, Paul Goslin in here, he would probably tell you that he's faced a lot of fear. But every time he pushed through that fear, his courage grew. And every time another attack comes, he doesn't cower and run in the corner and cry. He says, okay, here we go. Here we go. Because you're going to make a dec- you're going to have to make a decision in your life. Are you going to be controlled by fear? Or wait a minute. No, no, no. The fear of the Lord is healthy. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But it's an evil spirit of fear that has most of you, most of us, locked down. What do you think the IRS thing's all about, folks? 87,000 IRS agents. What do you think that's all about? How many ever get a warm, uh, fuzzy feeling when you hear IRS? Huh? I went, to the, I went to the post office the other day. There was a letter from the State Department of Taxation. Department of Taxation. Uh, how many thought I couldn't wait to open that letter, right? But, but what? You have to face the fear, right? Because you let, look, so here I get the letter. And I'm holding the letter, and my mind is going a thousand different directions about what is going to be the consequence of opening this letter. You know what I'm talking about, right? That's how the spirit of fear works on you. The spirit. See, the, the, what I should have done right away, well, Michelle picked it up, actually. She brought it in the house. What I should have done right away is I should have ripped that sucker open and faced that fear right away. So I know what it was. Rather than putting it over on the table, not opening it and worrying about it and pondering it and blah, 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 all that stuff. And that's what we do over and over and over and over again. And it's the spirit of fear that draws the strength right out of you. What are you afraid of? That's a question each and every one of us really ought to ask ourselves. What are you afraid of? As I sit here right now today, 
dudes, you think I don't know that? You think I don't know that the FBI, the CIA, and you think I don't know that they're not? You think I I would never sleep. I would never sleep if I allowed the fear of the government to find a, a foothold in my mind. I would never sleep. I would never sleep. And the truth is, most of the things that you are worried about never happen. And all fear does is rob you of spiritual strength. Spiritual strength. I'm trying to encourage you today. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to tell you that more and more in the days of ahead, and I don't know how long it's going to last, more and more in the days of ahead, you are going to be faced with fear. In fact, some of you, face, some of you have it right now. Some of you, if, I, if you're honest, have already kind of cowered in fear for what you're afraid might happen. I don't know if you know this or not. You wouldn't know this. Guy that I... Uh, Got, had casual ca- casual acquaintance, really. Uh, dropped over dead the other day. Just dropped over dead. And all those things that he'd been worried about all of his life, he ain't worried about them anymore. Right? And so you think about a guy like uh, Patrick Henry, who stood up and said, I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. I wonder if he was peeing his pants as he said it. You think he was? I remember when I went to Hillary Clinton's house by myself. You're always supposed to take somebody with you, and I didn't. When I first went the first time, I was petrified. I remember I pulled into the, uh, I drove up to Hillary's house. I saw I saw 15 old house lane. I pulled up into the cul-de-sac. I circled around and came back, and I drove down the road, and I pulled off into this little, well, maybe a little bit of a, a park, and I was terrified. And I said, uh, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. But I pray that you just cover me. And uh, I'm going to go do this, Lord. Be with me. And I drove up in that park. I drove up that cul-de-sac again and opened the, pulled in, parked my car, opened the doors, and immediately surrounded by cops. I've never been more afraid at any time in my moment, in my life. And when I drove away from that, which I did end up driving away, I had such a strength inside me. Two things, and then I'm going to, I'll open it up here. Number one, it takes courage to obey the Lord. We'll say that again. Because it takes courage to obey the Lord. Because there's nothing the enemy wants to stop in your life more than obedience to what the Lord told you. Amen. If he can get you, if he can scare you enough to keep your mouth shut, he has stopped the mouth of God. I'm telling you, 
I'm telling you, some of you have been and will be anointed. The Bible says you shall be brought before governors and kings as a testimony against them. And think not what you shall speak, for it shall be given unto you that same hour what you shall speak. For it's not you that speaks, but your father that speaks through you. Do you understand that you are the mouthpiece of God? And if you don't open your mouth, it doesn't get said. Amen. And it takes courage. Ain't no circling around it. There ain't no way, huh? There ain't no, huh? There ain't no way to go, man. At some point, you have got to stand up and be counted, regardless of the cost. Regardless of the cost. And I wonder how many of you are sitting out there right now. Oh, oh boy, now you're worried about these eighty-seven thousand IRS agents. See the fear? You see the fear? See what's going on? What are the odds of the IRS come knocking on your door? I don't know. Hell, come on in. It's all robbery, thievery. It's all part of that Babylonian system. You don't owe income tax. Hey, I'm I'm just telling you the truth. The income tax is unconstitutional, and they've been making us through fear and intimidation. Hey, how many of you, it's voluntary compliance. How many of you are voluntary? Can't wait to write your check to the IRS. Oh, boy. Uh Uh-uh. See, given to Coach Dave, that's voluntary. I wonder how many of you write a check to Coach Dave, do it out of fear. Oh, or do you do it because you want to? As opposed to the IRS, who now says they're going to send out guys with guns. Oh, you saw that, didn't you? You did see that. IRS jobs. Pull that up real quick, Spence. Pull that up real quick. Fear. It's the devil's only weapon is fear. IRS job posting was pulled down. Pump up that red one there so they can see. This was the job posting that the IRS put out. They're looking for 87,000 new agents. Look what it says. One of the the requirements is major duties. Carry a firearm and be willing to use deadly force if necessary. The freaking IRS! Ridiculous. Now, here's the truth. I can be killed by an IRS agent. And I can drop dead from a heart attack. Dead is dead. And I ain't in control of either one of those things. And if you think that you are going to uh, lengthen your life, or maybe you'll lengthen your life, if you think that you're going to feel gratified through compromise and rolling over just to extend your life a few more years, you're you're a miserable, miserable person. So I'm just trying this morning to strengthen y'all and let you know that you're going to have to develop some courage. Say, how do you do it, coach? Start small. Starts right in your house. Starts right in your church. Starts right in your neighborhood. Starts right in your... Everywhere you are. I ain't doing that. Sorry, I'm not doing that. Sorry, that's wrong. That's wrong. What's the promise? Oh, they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you. When you stand up and represent the king of kings, which is truth, they're going to hate you, friends. Some things would be better than death, wouldn't they? We better understand. We better count the cost. We We better be all in. Because Jesus said nobody begins to build a house, tower, he actually said, 
and get halfway through it and say, ooh, there's a little bit more than I wanted. I didn't know this was going to be part of it. So I honor Paul Goslin and Carrie Madej, Jeff Klein, Dr. Sherry Tinpenny, who swim upstream against everybody else. And you think it doesn't take courage to do that? God's not giving us that spirit of fear. He told Joshua, be strong, very courageous. Be not afraid. Be not dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with you wherever you go. And you better know this. They cannot touch a hair on your head if the Lord doesn't give them permission. And I promise you this. If they touch a hair on your head, he will reward you for your sacrifice. Amen. Some of you have never been there. Some of you have never reached that line. Say, okay, hell with it. I'm going to do it. That develops courage. Bernie. Yeah, thanks, Coach. I think they're afraid of us not being afraid. And, um, you know, it says, you know, that's one of the nice things about hymns. Uh, in the mighty fortress is our God. It says, would we in our own strength confide, our striving would be losing. We're not the right man on our side, the man of God's own choosing. Our confidence is in the Lord. You know, and what, what you said earlier, it's the fear of the Lord. that. Um, and also, uh, we ought to deal with cleansing our hearts and having clean hands because guilt will take away our strength. And uh, being at peace yeah. with God and... Uh, Deal and deal with any unforgiveness, and uh, and boldly march and proclaim the word. So that's my point. So Thank you, Bernie. That comes back to what Myra read, Hebrews eleven, right? Those those sins, those weights that so easily beset us. Those Amen. sins. What are those sins? Disobedience, fear. They 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 shackle us. We can't run with patience. The race that is set before us. We're carrying all this stuff on us. Folks, fear must be powerful because they sure keep lobbing it on us, don't they? One day after, fear, fear, fear. See, fear and faith are mutually exclusive. You better hear this. They cannot abide in the same heart. They can't. You cannot be afraid and have faith at the same time. It's impossible. One of those two will win. Let faith arise. Let faith arise. Love, perfect love. Cast out fear. Fear is the enemy's greatest weapon. Paul, come in and Dale. Tons of books were written about fear. If you want to know, if you, um, it's all about post-traumatic stress, MK Ultra, the whole nine yards. But one of the things I notice most in my practice that half of what I do is deal with people's fear. Amen. The, the people I um, I look to the most are the ones that've been through the crap. They know what domestic violence is. They know what living on the streets are. And guess what they don't have? They don't have fear. When you tell them, well, I think you might have cancer, guess what? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, and I've never seen anything like it. And the other part is these people that have been pampered. You know what their biggest fear is, Coach? They're going to lose something material. Yeah. They don't know what it is. Their biggest fear is getting a, a flat tire and not being able to find AAA right away on the highway. You know, it's just, it's amazing. 
And by the way, these other people that are instilling fear on us, they have far more fear than we do. Far more fear. And that makes them dangerous. Oh, that's why they're feeding us the fear. They know they're not winning, folks. They know they're losing. They're getting desperate, see? We have to understand this. We have to understand the mentality of what's going on. And we're living in a time where, as we've said many times, the uh, rude awakening's happening. It's happening. And so they're doubling down on their fear. You know, tomorrow's promise to nobody. huh? If I lose it all tomorrow, I, I don't want to lose it all. I don't want to lose it all. But if I do, I do. Not my hands. You really think you really think all that stuff, your reputation, you really? You think you're in control of all that? One newspaper article make you look like a fool you'll never recover from. I lived it. I lived it. Lord's faithful. See, he he lets you drag, he lets them drag you through the mud, and then he's on the other side of the mud hole with a shower. He cleans you off. So didn't that feel good? And we get trapped in the mud, and we don't understand what we're going through. Dale, come on in. Then, uh, Hallelujah, brother. That's what needs that. More Christians need to be arrested. I've been arrested on both Amen. sides of the cross, brother. It'll build courage. Not here. Brother, let me tell you what. Perfect love casts out fear. What is the perfect love? Well, 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. Let me tell you what, a perfect God who you trust in will cast that out. And then here, here's the kicker of the day, coach. I'm yet to find 87,000 people who actually like the, the IRS. Remember, for these people, that doesn't mean that they have them or they got these people jobs yet. I'm just, I mean, do I've never met a person that says, you know what? I love the IRS and that's who I want to work for. I think they're going to have a problem just finding those people to fill that void. Well, Dale, how about this one? Where are Republican buddies standing up and screaming no's? Anybody, anybody heard anything from them? Anybody heard anything from our Republican? Boy, because if we can just get to the next election and get some Republicans in there, oh, then it'll be, it'll be good, right? Coach, no. clowns to the left of me and jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Amen, baby. Amen. I ain't afraid of them. Amen. Fear, fear God. Don't fear what they can do. Naomi, then Randy. So the back of my van has an advertisement on it that talks about me being a two-time cancer survivor and a health coach. And it opens up a lot of opportunities for me to speak to people. And last week, one of those opportunities opened up and the person was like, wow, you're a two-time cancer survivor. And I said, yeah, and I refused chemo and radiation both times and was given a five-year death sentence. And his response was, you must have had a lot of faith. And he'd already given me an indication that he was a Bible believer. And God said through me, because it wasn't me, God said through me, well, I thought that's what all Christians were supposed to have. Mm-hmm. And he was completely dumbfounded. And I have a friend right now going through stage four. She's going completely natural. And her faith is being built like crazy. Amen. Amen. But look, if, if you were to take a pen, take your finger and use your finger as a pen, okay? I want you to right now, 
right on whatever's in front on your table in front of you with your finger. What you're most afraid of. Identify that. What is it? What are you most afraid of that's holding you back? What is it? Because I'm going to tell you something. That same thing is going to keep popping its head up. You got to whack that mole. That thing's going to keep popping its head up. If you're afraid of it in this situation, you're going to be afraid of it in that situation. I, 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 I go through my, I, I wish I, I don't know how to even explain this to you. What Michelle and I have been through, we, we lost everything. I had to pull out my retirement to live on. And now I sit here, I said, Lord, how'd this all happen? How'd this all happen? You say, well, you got a ministry and you, you're raping people. And you're, no, no. Supernatural reward for obedience. Oh, Lord, I boy, did I feel that one. Supernatural reward for obedience. And the one thing that's keeping you from obedience is fear. You want it, you want an advancement? You want a promotion? Go do something scary for the Lord. Huh? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go do something scary for the Lord. Go stand up. Why do you suppose Jeff Klein's under attack by the IRS? Well, he's been at a few school board meetings, hasn't he? He's been raising the standard a little bit, right? So, Jeff, wear it as a badge of honor because the Lord's not going to leave you and he's not going to forsake you, right? It's a weapon of their warfare, fear, intimidation. That's how the devil operates. It's a spirit of fear. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but he's given you a spirit of power and a spirit of love and a spirit of a sound mind. But most of you, most of us are controlled by the spirit of fear. Most of us are, if we were to be honest. We're the most fearful, fearful group of people that you ever come across, we Christians. We preach faith, but we don't we don't walk faith. We preach it, but we don't walk it. Amen. 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 I'm going to say there, just hmm. you don't have any money. You don't have any money. You ever try giving some? What? Well, you're eating your seed. You're eating it. Find somebody and plant a seed in them. Do not be past the salt. Find some. Find one of your children. Find somebody that's in need and feed them. Plant a seed. But you won't because you're hanging on. Hanging on to that little seed. Oh, if I run out of this, we're done. Everything controlled by fear. If we understood the law of sowing and reaping, there wouldn't be any money in our bank account. We would, if we really, really understood it, we would be sowing everywhere we looked. If we understood it, Randy, Coach, I, I love you for preaching this message. <laughs> I love you for preaching this message, Coach, Thanks. because. The, this is what's holding us back. There's no doubt. Lord. Fear stops obedience. I've written it down three times, Coach, you, since you've said this started today. 
look, you, you can put us in class and we can write a hundred times. I will not fear. I will not fear. I will not fear. But coach, that isn't going to cut it. That's, that's, that's not going to cut it. The classroom's not going to cut it, coach. You got to go out in the field like Bill Sosha. You got to go out there and be arrested a few times. And then you say, I don't care what they do to me. I don't care. But coach, yeah. if you love things, you can't go there. Amen. You love things and you love your material and you love your life and you love your cars and you love your job and you love everything. You can't do this job because you won't lay down your life. You can't go with in obedience. You're going to always be afraid of losing your stuff. Where, where he wants to take you, you cannot go. Coach, I guess I'm just dumb. I don't know. Maybe I'm just a dummy. But the times God has called me to do a few little things, and when I said, yes, I believe you, God, I believe God. It's like Abraham said, I believe God. And God says, hey, you're my friend. I, I don't, it was something changes you when you make that decision and you say, I will do it and I will be obedient. I, I don't know. I guess the trips that I've done these few things, it, it just, they were like a, a million other things happened, positive Things changed people's lives just because you was on that path of obedience. Amen. It, it's Amen. not just about the end game of what you're going to do. It's about all that time that he's going to fill in. You're in such a place where the Holy Spirit can use you. He, he accomplishes so many things. And we have to learn to be obedient, Coach. I don't know how what to do to get people to do this. but Obedience? It will change everything in your life. Obedience is the fruit of faith. If you hear from the Lord and you do not obey, I'm sorry, folks. And you know what? Sometimes the Lord will ask you to do an easy thing, but most times he doesn't. <laughs> most times. Hey, if it was easy, it wouldn't take much faith, would it? So, Lord, you want me to go where? You want me to say what? what? Huh? Lord, I got a house and... Family, have you been watching? Yeah, dude, I've been watching. Go lay it down. Will you, will you go lay that down for me? Stand up for me. Because uh, the reward you're going to get in this world and in the world to come, if you could see the reward you will get from obedience, oh, my goodness. But you can't because why? The God of this world has blinded you. Fearful. He's the God of this world. He's talk about loss and lack. When you do that, you're going to lose this. You do this, your business is going to cut off. You stand up and speak, oh, loss, lack. So the God of abundance. Shake off those weights and those sins that's so easy. Fear is a sin. Shake off those that those sins, those fears, those sins that so easily beset us, and run with patience the race that is set before. Man, I got to get y'all in here. I'll shut up. Go, Joe and Keith. Keith, go. Then Jeff. Yes, sir. In Indiana Jones, uh, my soul is prepared, Doctor Jones. How's yours? <laughs> Amen. My soul's prepared, Dr. Jones. How is yours? Amen. Jeff. Coach, 
Can I get a little more than 20, 30 seconds? I need a couple of minutes for yesterday. I got to share with everybody. You are hitting it on the head right now today. What I overnight last night, afternoon, evening, through the night and this morning, things are something I want to say. And I got to share this. I've been with this IRS thing and the business failing and all the things we've done to the strip club, to the Democrats on the square, to places we've been. And there's been fear, like you said. I mean, many a times, many a times. So I had a little fear creeping in on this. Not, I mean, not overwhelming, but I'm still thinking, what if? What if? I've listened to guys a week ago. I listened to a guy that said he owed over a million dollars after his audit. His payment was 20000 a month he had to pay. And other ones, Pastor Bill with all that money he owed and this and that, just stupid things that happened. I said there about a month ago when that guy come, I said, there's something about this guy. And I've had some, you know, and the advice come out, ah, watch him. He's not a Christian. And the other morning, the advice I got, don't let him in your house. Sit outside. Have 10 people. It was all wrong. Not every situation is the same. I believed in my heart, deep in my heart, that this was going to be all right. I kept telling Pastor Bill, he prayed with me the night before. He he said, JC, they ain't going to be able to touch you. And I'm like, my, oh, my. But I had a different situation also, too. This is all the trials we've been through. This guy, there's something about this guy, and I said it the last time he was here. So he come back, and Mary Jane, and she knows how I am, a couple years on the square with the Democrats and saying what I think. 14 months of school board saying what I think. And she's like, sometimes she's like, would you please be quiet? So yesterday, she was like, not wanting me to say nothing to this guy. And my flesh, I wanted to just go off on him when he got here. You know what I mean? But I'm like, Lord, help me with this one. I really need your guidance on this. So I got it. And yesterday, Randy said about being a plumb bob. God is our plumb bob. I mentioned that. Remember? Randy, thank you. Yep. Another phone call I got yesterday morning was J.R. Harrison. You know what J.R. called me and said yesterday? I left here after the show, turned it off, driving to the car lot for a 15-minute stop at the car lot, get the mechanic going, and rush back here to be back at my house by 10 o'clock to meet this guy. JR said, Jeff, think about this. Do you know any cops? Do you have any friends that are cops that you could hire to follow this IRS guy around the whole day? He said, if that cruiser would follow him around all day, would he make a mistake? Would he run a red light? Would he do a rolling stop? Would he speed through a school zone? I said, oh, yeah, he would. Somewhere he'd screw up for the day. And he said, then they could give him a ticket and cite him. He'd be in trouble. I said, JR, that's a great point. I said, I'm going to use that on this dude. So he gets here and walks in my house, and Mary Jane's sitting here, and she's nervous. Now, Mary Jane's done 70 to 80 hours of paperwork, digging stuff out, getting everything organized. She's a melancholy. She's got this in order. And the first thing I do, I look at the guy, we sit down at 10 after 10. And I said, I got a few things I need to say. And my wife was like, oh, she's looking at me like, dear Lord. So I started in with JR's thing. And I said, buddy, let me tell you. I said, as Christians, we try and strive to do what's right. We're not always perfect after I told him about the cop following him around. I said, we all try. There's going to be little scripts we have. And then we'll fix the mistakes and we move on. And I said, I believe this is what's going to happen here today. I believe that God's going to bring me through this. This thing's going to be all right. 
well, you're going to discover that I'm not in big trouble here. So he's looking at me, we're talking, and I start in about the government being corrupt. The IRS is corrupt. Government can't run nothing. It's demonic. It's satanic. We need to abolish the IRS. I'm telling him all this crap before we even started. I'm just going on for about 20 minutes telling him what I think, just my heart. And buddy, I'm telling you, and almost everything, he shook his head yes. I said, taxes are illegal. It's unconstitutional. They tax the foreigners in this nation, not us. Now they tax us, not the foreigners. I went through it. And I said, buddy, I hope they abolish the IRS. I said, I'm not praying that you don't have a job, but I said, that would be nice. This guy's got a wife and three kids. He's a Bible-believing Christian man. We go through all this. We didn't get started at quarter to 11. At 12 o'clock, he looked at his watch. He said, huh. He said, I'm done early. I said, hallelujah. I was thinking I'm going to owe 10, 20 grand. I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. 2019, Mary Jane gave him some corrections, some mistakes he made. He said, I'll adjust that. So he's going to lower that for 2019. It's almost nothing. Then he looked at 2020 and 21. You know what he found? Zero. Zero. Then two years, I, it was horrible. He couldn't get nothing. So I'm going to come out of this pretty cheap. So we got done with him. We get all done. We ended up, Mary Jane gets his email. And I said, buddy, I said, he said, I'm done so early. I'm going to get to go see my mom and have lunch with my mother. She's got a heart problem. She's 61 years old. We stood up and I looked at him. Mary Jane knew what I was going to do next. Because now this has been a great conversation for an hour and a half with this guy. Wonderful. I mean, we shared Pastor Flip Benham with him. We shared stuff, street ministry. And uh, we stood up. I said, buddy, here's what I want to do. I want to have prayer with you. That'd be all right. He said, oh, amen. Me and Mary Jane laid hands on him, prayed over this dude. For his mother, he's getting ready to go visit up in Fredericktown, where I was grew up in Fredericktown. He's from around here. Now he lives in here. We had prayer for him and his mother. We had prayer for him and his three children. And then Mary Jane says, hey. She said, don't forget, I'm going to email you. When Flip and Rusty come to town, I'm going to email you on our event we're doing, our five-night event. I said, brother, I said, thank you. It's been a pleasure to meet you today. And I said, I hope we never have to meet again through an IRS dealing. I hope the next time we meet is in a tent meeting and we're praising Jesus and singing songs and just having a good old time. He said, we will. So we're going to invite him to Flip and Rusty's thing. But it was a blessing. It all turned out, you know, and it's, it's funny. I'll leave this house, head down the road, and this is stupid. It's kind of corny. But back in the day, a lot of the bands I listened to when I was a pot smoker and a drunk, ACDC was one of my favorite. So I get down, going out of my driveway, the song comes on ACDC, Back in Black. And this guy's screaming ACDC song, I'm back, I'm back, back in the black. And I'm, I'm cranking this thing up going down the road. Call him Pastor Bill, and we're just praising the Lord. We had a great day yesterday. Life is going to get all back on now. We're going to go forward. So we'll see what Lord has for us next. But it was a great Amen. Day. Thank you. Great testimony. Amen. Yes. Amen. Emma. Hey, Coach. Uh, one of the things that keeps me going back there, even though I'm afraid to go on Friday to that abortion mill in Columbus, is the fact that somebody said, um, 
when was the last time the Lord asked you to do something? And it kind of scared me because I thought, oh, so if I don't do it, he's not going to ask me again. I get it. Mm. I get it. So I keep going, not because I really want to, you know, it's, it's not fun, but well, some days it's fun if I get to heckle with the girls that are standing outside the uh, abortion mill. But, but anyway, that's, that's what keeps me going. Cause I keep thinking, well, if I don't go, will he ask me to do something else? Probably not. Amen. Obedience is better than sacrifice, Emma. That's for sure. Julie. Good morning. Um, yeah, the Lord's really like dealing with me about <laughs> going to the marketplace. And people are having masks put back on their face. And he, he keeps saying you need to go up to them and ask them what they're afraid of. So Amen. Amen. They're gonna hate you. They're gonna hate you. Jonathan. Uh Jeff Dory is an example of what the Bible is, is a bunch of stories of humans that did things in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it encourages the people of God in ways that we don't even understand. Um, but I, all I wanted to say was that Jesus needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit to do his public ministry. There's not one thing we can do without the Holy Spirit. Boldness comes from the Holy Spirit. The disciples were scared when the promise came in the upper room. They were completely different. So my my word of encouragement to all of us, including obviously myself, is to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. And our words, like you said, um, Coach, they come from God. When we're Amen. sitting before people of authority, He is speaking through us. And like you said, if we practice doing it, every time we walk through fear, we get better at it. Every time we don't listen to our flesh, we get better at it. And so it does start with, you know, sometimes it's little, but at the end of the day, he wants to take us before Kings. That's what he really Amen. wants because he's a fighter. The Holy spirit is a warrior. The Holy spirit wants open, to fight. Open the cage and let that lion out folks. Open the cage and let him out. That's all you got to do. You will never do anything for the Lord that he will not reward you for. And we'll say that again. You will never do anything for the Lord that he will not reward you for. Oh, hi, Brett. This is why we need great coaches in our life. And this is why your team gathers every weekday, coach. Thank you. Because when we sit around that locker room, it's so precious. And all the players have their locker. And that, that player steps up and shares the story. That's what you do. Praise be to God for this whole team. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Brad. Thanks. Joe Carrico. Joe, try to get in earlier than Jack. Quickly. Uh, yeah. Coach, uh, faith is the absence of doubt, the absence of fear. There Amen. cannot be a vacuum there. There cannot be a vacuum. Right. That, Joe, that is so true, man. If you don't have faith, fear will come in. And if you have faith, fear can't get in. <laughs> oh my goodness! Good word, Jack. Hey, uh, let's let's do a Mark Trump here. If fear is energy, and we repel the fear, it goes someplace. Put it on them. That's what we're supposed to be doing. And if we show them that they fear, maybe they will learn to fear the Lord. Mm -hmm. The other thing is. Um, <laughs> When you met, you you uh, quoted Patrick Henry, uh, coach. Remember, he said, "Give me liberty, 
not give me freedom. Amen. Good point, Dave. Hey, Spencer, real quick, pull up uh, courage. Pull up. I'm going to end with this for today. Go ahead and pull that up there for us real quick, Spencer. Come on, man. Stand up and be counted. You're not going to extend your life one second beyond what the Lord's given you, and he will move if you will open your mouth. You are the, not that one, Spencer's standalone. It's a standalone email. It says courage. Pull that thing up there real quick. No, it's a standalone. I sent the email. Oh, maybe I didn't. Probably didn't again, huh? Yes, you did. You got it. What makes a king out of a slave? Courage. What makes the flag on the mast away? Courage. What makes the elephant charge his tusk in the misty mist or the dusky dusk? What makes the muskrat guard his musk? Courage. What makes the sphinx the seventh wonder? Courage. What makes the dawn come up like thunder? Courage. What makes the hottentot so hot? What puts the ape in apricot? What have they got that I ain't got? Courage. You could say that again. See you tomorrow.